Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. All right, welcome back to Inside Sources. Uh, We wrap up the show here with this final segment, and uh, it's been a a good time to be with you today, sitting in uh, for Boyd Matheson. Uh, Always a pleasure when I get the invite to come in and do that. Uh, Today is International Holocaust Remembrance Day, which marks the 78th anniversary of the liberation of the concentration camp at Auschwitz by the Soviet Army. The Holocaust is obviously a difficult event to remember and contend with, but it's also vitally important that we never forget what happened. We should. Uh, what, so the question then becomes: What should we be doing on a day like today, and how can we honor the legacy of the Jewish lives lost in the Holocaust, and also honor the survivors and the living legacy of the Jewish people? Uh, our guest at the moment is Rabbi Avremi Zippel. Uh, he's the program director at the Chabot Lubavitch of Utah. And Rabbi, thanks so much for taking some time with us. Well, thanks for having me, Marty. How are you today? Um, very well, very well. And, you know, I, I guess recently a survey in the Netherlands found a shocking lack of awareness when it comes to the Holocaust. It found that only 54% of all respondents and about 59% of those under the age of 40 uh, do not know that 6 million Jews were murdered. That, and some 29% believe that the figure is 2 million or fewer. And I, I suppose to some extent this happens as events get a little more into the past. But still, that's that's very alarming to hear that. And I just would be interested in your reaction to those numbers. I would add to the alarm in that, in, in that comment, and I would agree with that. And if you think about the fact that the Netherlands are practically the Germans' next-door neighbors, and if you think about the fact of those 6 million that were killed during the Holocaust, how many of those were Dutch citizens? I can tell you about a couple. Uh, my great-grandparents were Dutch citizens, and, and they were displaced through the war. I had great-aunts great and uncles who were Dutch citizens that were killed during the Holocaust for the crime of being Jewish. My dad was raised without really any aunts and uncles. He was the youngest in his family, and his mother had been the youngest. And so an entire generation had been wiped out of Dutch Jews. And so you think about the fact that in the Netherlands, you know, miles from the German border, you have generations of people who are coming up whose grandparents had probably fought in World War II and who knew Jews who had been killed in the Holocaust. And you think about that number of of the the lack of people who know about the Holocaust and who believe in the veracity and the authenticity of the statistics surrounding the Holocaust. And you extrapolate, extrapolate that to where we are thousands of miles away across an ocean. And you think about the responsibility that a day like today brings with it to educate, to keep certain realities at the top of mind forever. And I think today is a day to commit ourselves to that, to remind ourselves of that obligation and that commitment to make sure that that flame does not go out. You've been to the concentration camp sites in Europe. I wonder if you could just share with us what impressed you during those experiences. So one of the concentration camps that I actually went to visit in Europe was really close to Berlin. Uh, A number of uh, colleagues of mine, we were studying in the yeshiva together, and we went to spend uh, the weekend in Berlin. And on Sunday, we, we took a train for maybe 45 minutes outside the city, and we went to a concentration, co- concentration camp called Sachsenhausen. 
And what what impressed me, and, and maybe impressed is the wrong term, but what left, what left the most powerful impact on me was the proximity. This was a stone's throw from a major European city to get from the train station where the same trains that took us to that part of town were the same tracks that were used to deport Jews from their homes to the concentration camps. We had to take a walk from the train station to the camp, which was the same walk that prisoners brought to that town, took that walk past people's homes, through the center of town, and you realize how in front of people it was. You realize how this was not happening behind closed doors in some part of the world that no one saw or no one saw or no one heard or no one knew. This was happening in front of people's noses, and good people sat by and did nothing. And, and I think for me, that's what left the most powerful impact, without a doubt. So, Rabbi, what can people do today to honor those who lost their lives in this event? What, what's the appropriate way to sort of observe a day like today? I would say that with every passing day, the reality of the situation is that remembrance around the Holocaust gets smaller. Survivors are dying. People who can bear first-person witness to those atrocities are becoming far and far and far fewer, and, and they're gone. A generation is, is, is slowly passing away. A generation of people who have lived through atrocities and lived to be 90, 100 more than that are passing away from just from you know longevity and from good, good, good health and good age and it becomes our responsibility to become that voice for them. And if, and if they're not going to be able to tell their stories anymore, we need to become their voice. We need to be able to step into that void and tell those stories on their behalf so that their testimony and their voice and their experience never, ever fades away. Yeah. Rabbi of Remy Zippel, uh, Program Director at the Chabad Lubavitch of Utah, we appreciate your time and uh, your perspective on this. And uh, we, we just uh, really stand with you in, in honoring the, the memory and uh, doing so appropriately on this day. Thank you so much for being with Thank us. Thank you so much, Marty. Appreciate it. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Uh, You know, it just leads us into the last few minutes that we have together, and I think about sort of the scope of the conversation we've had together today. And part of that touched on some legal matters um, and a video that will be released at some point today showing uh, police interaction um, and, you know, by all accounts, um, violent interaction uh, with uh, an individual in in Memphis. And we talked a little bit, touched just a little bit on like what the public reaction will be when that video comes out. And I think, you know, as we look at police who, you know, at, have allegedly acted inappropriately and what the potential reaction could be when the public gets to uh, see that video and and think about the way that we interact with one another and and especially in light of the conversation we just had with the rabbi that there is a whole lot of uh, bad <laughs> that we can do there is evil that we can do when we start to look at each other as less than people less than uh, the the individuals who we are and 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 start to forget how we're interconnected and how we are important to one another as part of a collective community. And I, I, that's just the impression I'll leave with today is that 
uh, with so much going on in our world and so many issues that we're uh, debating, discussing, arguing over at times, and often with uh, more contention than dignity, uh, how important it is for us to remember and always uh, keep that perspective that uh, no matter how challenging the issues we're dealing with um, and how strongly we may feel in, in, in reacting to the actions of others, how important it is to remember that we're seeing each other as as individuals and uh, as, as people who are um, deserving of dignity and to be treated with love and kindness and respect. And that's why I appreciate the opportunity to be here is to talk about some of these issues and share with you um, my perspective and to hear the perspective of people who are spending uh, and dedicating time to knowing about those issues uh, in a very in-depth way so that they can share their perspective with us and we can all understand uh, these things a little bit better and appreciate uh, all the effort that goes into uh, making our community what it is. So as you know, we head into a weekend and we've spent the week debating uh, bills and uh, charges and allegations and reactions to things, I think it's just uh, it's so important for us as a community to remember we're all in this together and we can uh, continue to work uh, toward a better community together. And, and we can do that when we uh, really give each other dignity and uh, treat each other with that kind of respect. It's been my pleasure to sit in today uh, for Boyd Matheson on Inside Sources. Uh, I believe, uh, I'm not sure if Boyd's back with you on Monday or not, but I know that I am back here on Tuesday, so we'll get to continue our conversation together at that point. In the meantime, uh, I suppose the other thing we learned today is to uh, uh, keep appreciating that snow, whether you're watching it fall uh, outside your window, uh, wrapped up in a blanket and staying cozy, or whether you're outside pushing the shovel behind it. Our state uh, benefits from every snowflake that's falling and all of the uh, the water that we're going to need, not only for this uh, summer, but as we try to make our way out of this drought. It's not going to happen overnight, but it's going to happen little by little. And so let's appreciate the snow together and let's just, uh, you know, enjoy that all as a group. And it looks like we're going to have plenty more snow coming up over the next couple of days. So we'll get to do that. But, hey, it's the perfect weekend to sit inside, watch some football, enjoy that. And uh, Jeff's sitting here in the seat next to me. He's getting ready to go in the next uh, hour. And I guess we'll just say, since you're here, go Eagles. E-A-G-L-E-S. E-A-G-L-E-S. Go Eagles. Unless you're a 49ers fan, then, you know. Go 49ers, I guess. Whatever. Uh, all right. This has been Inside Sources. I'm Marty Carpenter in for Boyd Matheson. I'll see all of you guys on Tuesday. FM Midvale, KSL Salt Lake City, live team coverage, Eye on the Hill 2023 on KSL News Radio, your all day companion for news. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, You need to. Give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com 
or wherever you get your podcasts.